Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Justin. I'm Josh. We got special guest here today. Ooh. Hi, I'm Crush. Cool. And it's your movie. It is. So it is. Go ahead and ask the pivotal question. All right. Have you guys seen Trading Places? Yes. Yes. I have not. Okay. Ooh, surprise. big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what we do here is a little thing where the person who hasn't seen or the people who haven't seen the movie get to describe it cold just based on the title alone. So I'm hoping, I talked a little bit about this before we started recording, I'm hoping that it's not Freaky Friday at all, not that I've seen that, but I know it works. I'm assuming it's going to be like two people trade jobs, modern-y, for the time. Any idea what type of jobs? I don't know, probably some high-collar, you know, like suit and tie job and some more inane, like, I don't know, like, party clown or... <laughs> very common, like, funny joke. job. Alright. And they both I'm... discover that, you know, maybe they're friends when they say they were friends in college. Or they, they learn the value of what each other does in society and everybody's happy. They, they grew apart Probably. when one guy went to business school and yeah. the other one went to sure. clown school. <laughs> I just imagine him in the boardroom still dressed like a clown. Yes. Like, we've got to sell while it's low. <laughs> the other guy's like, alright, I'm getting 35% less laughter this quarter. Because <laughs> he's at kids' birthday parties in a suit and tie. Uh, okay. okay, this could work. Okay. You're, you're kind of close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's more than I usually am, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, this is a Dan Aykroyd movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, you remember him? No. Nothing But Trouble. He played oh, the judge. Uh-huh. Okay. His whole movie. Right. He didn't write this one, so it'll be uh, Ghostbusters. easier to yeah. watch. Ghostbusters, sure. Okay. All right, we're going to get to it. We're going to watch Trading Places, come back, and do the episode. back with the annual podcast reports now coming in it seems as though have you seen an amazeballs are on top we're gonna be selling lots of shit and buying none none, none. nothing <laughs> you buy it all we had mr meeseeks deal with it with that. <laughs> so what'd you think josh first time seeing it uh it was good for the most part yeah. yeah. I know one part pissed you off. Yeah, one part was pretty We'll get to that probably. Yeah, yeah I'm sure we, yeah, we would. kind of have to. You got pretty close. It is about yeah. two men. They're not friends. They're not acquaintances. They become friends. They are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they trade. Yeah. No, there was a clown. There was a clown, yeah. 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 Ooh, eerie. But they trade uh, professions. One being a money wizard <laughs> and one being a street hustler. Mm-hmm. I say money wizard because he sits in an office and is like, I think we'll sell pork bellies today and sells using other people's money and makes, what they say? 35%? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's millions. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. We start with a nice montage of uh, Christmas in Philadelphia. And Crush, you're from the East Coast, right? I am. I am. I am from the beautiful Garden State of New Jersey, so I am intimately acquainted with Philadelphia. How do you feel about Philadelphia? Um, Philadelphia is kind of, I don't want to say it's a shithole city, um, but being from a family that immigrated and landed in New York and then never left, um, it's an inferior city to New York. <laughs> um... Their sports stadiums have prisons. There's just, wait, their sports stadiums have prisons? Yeah, yeah, they have jail cells and their sports stadiums. For rowdy... Rowdy fans. Oh, so they're not, like, full-time jail cells. You can't no, be one of the lucky, like, inmates <laughs> who get sent no. to the sports prison. No, but when they have that episode of Sunny, yeah. where they end up in jail, the World Series defense... Yeah. Like, that was like, yeah, yeah, they go to jail. Like, riot, riot oh. punch, and they go to jail. Riot punch. <laughs> That's amazing. So, yeah, Philly's, Philly's a... Well, I've had some good times in Philly. But I've been there once or twice. Yeah. yeah never been. Never been. No? Uh, do you prefer Christmas or summer? Like, Christmas seems like... I'm sorry, winter or summer. It, this 
seem very sludgy and cold. It and is. Dreary. It is. I'm not a it fan is. of the cold. Yeah. No, it's, you know, these are, these are dirty cities. They're old cities. And when it snows and then the snow melts, you have gray slush puddles. The cars run over and, and over and over. dirty snow piles for months. So <laughs> it's not very pretty. Uh, we start with kind of a montage of the holiday season, some like people ringing bells, some decorations yeah. going up, and then we get a juxtaposition between Dan Aykroyd, Winthorpe, and Eddie Murphy, Valentine. Billy Ray. Billy Ray Valentine. Billy Ray. William. William. <laughs> um, Winthorpe the third is Dan Aykroyd. He wakes up in this amazing bed with a library It took it. me so long to realize that that was his first name. What? Winthorpe. That was his first name? Right? <laughs> no, it was Lewis. Louis. Lewis Winthorpe. The third. The third. Other Louis. Um, he wakes up in this amazing room. He has a shave from his custom butler. Like, every day. Same guy. Wakes you up and shaves you. That's kind of weird. Custom butler. Custom <laughs> butler. That's what they call him. Uh, drives him to work. And all morning he's kind of like, I feel pork bellies are going to sell. And like I said earlier... He just sits there and sells pork bellies on his 1983 mm-hmm. black and green computer. <laughs> Stock exchange whatever. Mm-hmm. It's money wizardry. Money magic. Uh, meanwhile, Billy Ray Valentine is in the park scooting pretending, around. He's pretending <laughs> to be a... Blind and crippled. Blind, Blind crippled, crippled Vietnam, Vietnam vet. Yep. Yeah. Scamming people for money. One of the Pretty first things he too. does is like grab a woman, and like yeah. continually try to pull her closer, yeah. and she's like trying to get away. I'm like, Wah. and then he calls and then her a bitch. bitch. I'm like, this is the this is the who we're supposed to like root yeah. for. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we meet the two characters who cause all the drama in this movie, the Duke brothers. And are they the Duke brothers? Yeah. Duke right? and Duke. Yeah. Duke and Duke. Yep. They are they own the building. super old-timey, blue-blood, like, old rich. Uh, they live in the same house, just on, like, separate wings of the same house. It's a mansion. And they're constantly going on about nature versus nurture, but they're phrasing it in a way where they're like, oh, it's nature versus genetics. Mm-hmm. And this is the argument you can tell they've been having for 70 goddamn years. Mm-hmm. Just over and over. Right. And this movie is the perfect chance to uh, prove one of them right. So they make a classic bet of $1. Well, they don't get the idea until they see uh, the commotion where... Uh, Winthorpe is Winthorpe leaving Winthorpe work. Winthorpe is leaving work and uh, Billy Ray bumps into him as he's getting chased down by cops mm-hmm. and Winthorpe assumes he's trying to steal his suitcase and he tries to hand it back to him several times mm-hmm. but Winthorpe is so taken aback he's like oh and then my it God. ends in a pretty comical chase scene not the only one we have a lot of mirrored yeah. scenes throughout this later we'll see Dan Aykroyd running around the same building and mm-hmm. getting chased and uh, that's whenever these two old men old men get the idea of like hey we can just end this argument for now, if we make these two switch, and we can do anything, we we have all the money. All the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And one of them, of course, is like, it'll work. We just have to surround him with the proper tools and the essential help and knowledge. And one of them is like, it'll never work because I'm a horrible racist throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they both are. They both are. They, really. Several characters are. Yes. Uh, there's some problematic elements. Not a lot. Is, or some stuff isn't aged well. No. 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 Still a not. very enjoyable, fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They get Dan Aykroyd's butler to help them with the switch. They get a bunch of people in on this. It's kind of like Michael Douglas and yeah, the and they <laughs> they recruit Jamie Lee Curtis to destroy uh, Dan Aykroyd and like frame him because they like set him up. First, he gets arrested for something like stealing like fifty dollars yeah. from a coat well, pocket or something, and then they're like, "Oh, he's got Mr. embezzling Beeks. or something." Bees, beaks, seeks, beaks. Uh, throughout the movie, pe- several people have been seeing these. Uh, 
pay orders of several thousand dollars to Mr. Beeks, and none of them have ever met him. He's kind of like the company dirty man. Yeah. Company assassin. And yeah, he frames Dan Aykroyd. Rep He's wet like, works. Yeah. <laughs> Black ops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, my security company came in here. Just minutes ago, we put $50 bills marked with an X in the coat pocket in a coat room, and it was stolen. One of our operatives saw who stole it. Mm-hmm. Would every man in here stand yeah, that up was so and weird. put their weird, right? do the hokey pokey. <laughs> like, Turn yourself about. This is some Illuminati bullshit. Right. They stand up and and put, everybody like, was just like, oh, isn't this sure. strange? <laughs> well, like, I, don't know, I can't remember which one of you said it during the film, like, but... They've all probably been part of like secret fraternities yeah. and like underground like this is like the weirdest clubs. stuff that they do. Sure. So yeah, like touching another man's shoulder and putting your hand in another man's pocket is fucking tame mm, man. <laughs> compared to the shit they did in college. And this is ridiculous. This is of course a plant because what if he had it in his right pocket? Yeah. He just assumes he has it in his left pocket and they're gonna find it right away. He comes over to Dan Acker, he flips it over, of course, has the X on it. So he gets carted off to prison mm-hmm. for stealing what a hundred and fifty bucks yes. from and a coat. This is after Eddie Murphy's been carted off to prison for assault, stealing the attempted robbery, yeah. and resisting arrest, resisting arrest. Because mm-hmm. he comes out from underneath that table, and every gun in the place is pointed at his face. Uh, but no, they do, they do have very similar jail experiences. Eddie Murphy is trying to pretend he's a rich guy while he's in jail, and he's hyping himself up as a kung fu karate. Yeah, man. but everybody else just leaves Eddie Murphy alone, or he gets a lot until he gets the, those two guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd's in there, and they want him to strip down, and he puts up a fight, and they fight back. <coughs> I feel like every person that was in the cell with Dan Aykroyd had something that belonged to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. when he leaves, he doesn't have any of his own clothes. We see Beeks again come into the jail. He's kind of orchestrating this for the Duke brothers. I mean, he does all the wet works, like you said. Mm-hmm. But he gets one of the cops, and he talks to him, and he's like, hey, throw, or give this guy shit away, and we're going to frame him for PCP. Being a PCP Which dealer. Which is such a random drug mm-hmm. to oh. plant on somebody because it's not terribly prevalent. I don't know when it was yeah. prevalent. It's not recreational of, as far as I know. To have, like, it's really not that much fun. And you have, like, a whole bag of it, and that just seems excessive. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you have and cocaine? And that cop who tests everything that gets brought in by right? sampling this it himself. Or just <laughs> it, you know, just put some PCP he in He takes his entire cool. pinky tip and, like, sucks this angel dust off it. He's gonna be flying for the rest of the day on the job with a gun, like he said. But the like the fact that he could identify drugs by like that a quickly. small taste. <laughs> this like, is PCP. Sir, we have drug tr- strip tests. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> I just love the rush. <laughs> and then everybody else keeps calling it, saying that he is a heroin dealer, and he keeps correcting them. It wasn't heroin. It was PCP. And I, I didn't do it. <laughs> I wonder if PCP was like a brand new thing when this came out because it was funny as hell to everyone saying it in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I do not. not really I don't know sure if it was ever that big of a problem in society. Like I feel like we sure got warned about it in school. Like I, I guess PCP was the meth or the bath salts before they were around. Yeah. Like yeah. it was yeah. like if a cop came in to talk to you, he'd be like, "I had a friend." who had to shoot a guy 13 times in the back of the head, and he was on PCP, and it's like, Jesus, we're seven. So, yeah, I mean, it's a dissociative so was the guy. It shuts off parts of your brain, you don't feel pain. You rage, I guess. It's, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a crazy drug, but I don't really, like, recall it being a thing in my childhood. I remember, like, crack was a thing. Oh, I've never seen in PCP 80s? in my life, no, I mean, in person. Yeah. That I know of. You know, but it's... Yeah, it was never big. I, I don't think it was that big of a problem, so for that to be the drug that he supposedly was selling. In just large random. quantities. In large quantities. It's very that, random. It wasn't, it wasn't metered out in any sort of dime bag or anything. It no. was one large amount of PCP, yes. too. Like, hey, can I get some off of that? And he just reaches in with his fingers right, just, and sprinkles right, some just in your hand. In and That's like, why you call it angel dust, because they sprinkle it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't look like a tent. You know, intent is like packaged amounts. Like that's that's pers- uh, that's in a 
personal abnormal use. Abnormal amount of personal use. Right? consumption. Like, it seemed yeah. excessive. So <laughs> I just know that that was like in the evidence room, just waiting to be stuck in someone's pocket. Zoink. Right? Yeah. Like. Probably the cop who's tasting all the shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's he's. <laughs> Stick his pinky and everything. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard that 911 call where the uh, police officer calls 911 because he took, like, uh, pop brownies out yeah. of the evidence mm-hmm. room and he's like, I think we're dying. Yeah. I've never been high before, but I'm really high now. <laughs> <laughs> the 911 operator's just laughing at him. It's this young lady. <laughs> oh, it's good. Ain't that some shit? Oh <laughs> That's this guy. Right? His future. <laughs> I've done PCP, but I've never done marijuanas. <laughs> so kind of a back, a backwards gateway drug. Yes. Can I get out of this? Yeah. <laughs> backwards to the pot. <laughs> I took way too much PCP. Can I smoke some pot and get back through the gateway? <laughs> Reverse gateway drug. It has to Maybe. Work both ways, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's called a gateway. So yeah. gateways. You know, you can it's go, not called an escalator. You can go in and out. <laughs> you can go in and out. It's not a one-way street. Oh my god, damn, don't listen to this. They would <laughs> n- grab that up so fast. It's an escalator drug. It's one way and it's escalating up. <laughs> yeah. What about an elevator drug? It's just kind of boring, but, you know, mellow. Too claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah, and they usually stink. Yeah. So. Not the elevators in this movie. We see no, the ones in the, the training training elevators. Hall. They open up. They're solid there's a bench. wood and like chrome, and there's a bench. Yeah. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. They don't have to stand. Lots of fancy rooms in this. Yeah. This must have been at the height of Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy's career, where they were able to pull some strings. I don't know. I kind of feel like these places just already exist. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can shoot a film in a well-decorated, mm-hmm. custom, you know city apartment condo mansion thing yeah like a brownstone in new york and just have all these beautiful finishes and just film it true like it, it exists you know they don't have to build a set for it or anything it's just and the stock exchange from this movie tells us is only open like five minutes a day oh yeah totally. so you could film anytime after that sure <laughs> sure <laughs> oh my god yeah uh, have you ever been to new york on a, like a sunday in the stock exchange like wall street area it is a ghost town. Yeah. Every single building, restaurant is closed up because there's no people there. Yeah, I didn't really ever hang out in that part of town. Like, Lower East Side, like, Chinatown? Yeah, cool. Chinatown, mm-hmm. awesome. Sunday mornings in Chinatown, smell terrible. Mm. Terrible. Okay. Don't go there. Don't. Like Laundry Day or something? No, it's like all the old produce and seafood and stuff that's like out to the curb. Gotcha. It doesn't smell good. Okay. Uh, but it's super fun. Uh, a lot of bars, a lot of fun shit to do. But nice. yeah, no, the financial district in New York on the weekends is boring. I'm yeah. sure it's boring year sure round. It's, but yeah, anytime yes. it's boring. Yes. yes. You can go there and see that, that bowl statue that everybody Ooh. takes a picture of. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, with, you know, it has that little girl in front of it, girl. right? <laughs> yeah, the scenes in this movie featuring the New York Stock Exchange terrified me. Yeah. I was just like... This is how our world is run. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it's even more chaotic now. The amount of businesses that have popped up have probably... But it's probably digital now. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you still have maniacs out there just screaming and waving tickets, I bet, or probably iPhones or something now. I don't know how it works. I can't figure it out. I've seen this movie ten times, and I still don't know how the stock exchange works. Yeah. Well, that's your problem. (laughs) (laughs) need to watch it again? (laughs) Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, I need to watch other movies about the New York Stock Exchange. Watch all of the New York Stock Exchange movies. Oh, what's the one with the speech about greed? Wall Street. (laughs) Wall Street. Okay, with Michael Douglas. Yeah, I know that. And then Wolf of Wall Street with... uh, So they'll be pretty easy to find. They all have Wall Street in the title. Okay. Yes, Mm -hmm. and then you can watch American Psycho like we were talking about. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of all flows. You would like that, I think. That's the the business card. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Has they been uh, featured in other media you've seen? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, have you ever heard of this movie before? I, me? Or, or anything it's, from it? There's a lot of names that sound similar. So Is I this our first Eddie Murphy movie? Yes. Yeah. Not our first Dan Aykroyd, like yeah. we said, Nothing But Trouble. And not our first Jamie Lee Curtis. 
Nope. Because we did the original Halloween. First Eddie Murphy, uh, first movie with Beaks, first movie with a butler. Okay. First movie with a limousine, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, what other first? No. <laughs> first movie with a gorilla? Ooh, maybe a first movie with a gorilla. Okay, so here's my thing about the dude in the gorilla mask. Why couldn't he just talk? Because they taped his they mouth up with duct tape. Yeah. They showed Did him you see that? that? I know, but like... He was making gorilla grunts. That's that's your question about the scene, not no. why you shove a fucking gorilla scene just in to get the guy out of it. In a New York party train on its way back to Africa for scientific studies. Like, Come on, they explain everything. They just jump the you fucking... Get? Can we just skip to the gorilla scene yeah, right ahead. now? God damn it. The movie was fucking coasting pretty. And then they're like, wait, we gotta do something about this Beaks guy. This is a comedy, right? I think we just changed directors after the movie. Because they're like, well, we got this party... On, you know, it's New Year's. There's a gorilla being transported. Gorilla. We, we got access to a gorilla somehow, and we really need to put him in the movie. That was so... Something. Yeah. Philadelphia's not a port city. New York is, so they had to go to a boat city. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with yeah. the method at which they got the gorilla to the port. They I'm questioning the entire point of putting a gorilla movie to get rid of one guy. Like, when <laughs> did we turn into a cartoon? Because it's funny. No question. But like, it's zany. Was we didn't that, have anything that ridiculous the rest of the movie. That wasn't a gorilla. That was just a better gorilla costume. Yeah, it was a good gorilla costume. Oh, oh. Costume. You thought that was oh. a real gorilla. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, in the world of the movie. That excuses everything. No, no, he's talking about logistically it's really hard to get a gorilla on set. I don't think that's what he meant. No. Okay. In the world of the movie. Yeah, yeah. you don't put a gorilla, gorilla on a commuter train. I get it. But that was very obviously both fake gorillas. <laughs> poor, poor choice, no. I think. Like, I, I thought that, you know, the characters in the zany, stereotypical, borderline racist costumes was... Borderline, yeah. Was, yeah. Was, <laughs> I think it wasn't, getting even, there? it wasn't even borderline. It was, it, was pretty, it was just over the line. Yeah. Like, that was... That was <laughs> reaching a bit for me, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, you know, it makes sense, you know, these characters are kind of, you know, they've had a long day, and long then day. they just it put a girl the in 80s. it. It was the 80s. Yeah. Like we said, it didn't Everyone else was in costumes, it made sense, yeah. you know. And they were like, no, fuck it, put a girl It in. didn't really, though, because they could have just been in costumes. I could suspend my disbelief for that, okay. but not for we'll the girl. we back to the train scene. What happens is, they trade places. <laughs> It's like, that's and, what the movie's called. Right? Yeah. They never say the name in the movie. No name drop! No, no, name, no drop. name drop. That's pretty rare for us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Murphy, it turns out, is surprisingly adept at business. Um, because... He's a hustler. Mm-hmm. He, he was given knows. a good house. and I mean, they had the one scene where he explains his his thinking, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, like and you said, he's, that, that one he's quick line. on his feet. He knows, yeah. he sees patterns yeah. and trends really quick, it seems. He picks it up. And he even changes his personality to match theirs. There's several times where he's talking, and he's about to, like, say, fuck. But he stops himself and goes, like, gosh darn. Yeah, or something, or something like that, yeah. Yeah. He did that several times. At first, it's funny, because they invite him into the house, and they're like, this is your house. And he's like, yeah, this is my house. And he's, he's just sticking shit himself. up and putting He's like, oh, this is my shit right here? This is good. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> hey, look over there. Are those mine? And he takes, like, a silver thing and puts it in his And jacket. they're just like, you're stealing from yourself. He's like, can I break this vase? And this was pretty funny. He drops it by accident. He's like, oh, Fuck shit, sorry. And they're like, no, we insured it for uh, $25,000 more than it's actually worth. You've made us money. And they all start maniacally laughing. And he's like, you want me to break something else? <laughs> then, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> uh, Dan Aykroyd is not adjusting that well to his new life. No. Though he did get insanely lucky. Yes. Yes. He could have been living out on the streets easily that's what they wanted for him then he just would have been dead yeah yeah like, oh <laughs> instantly he <laughs> <laughs> frozen to death because it's a cold place mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the smarts to figure out how to find shelter yeah no one should have to but just saying but he doesn't he like, definitely no never, not at all he definitely he's would never not had have. to even contemplate the idea that there are resources 
Him having soft hands like, saved his life. Yeah. Yep. What's Jamie Curtis's character? She Ophelia? is a... Yes. yes. Okay. Ophelia. She is a sex worker with a heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Um, very... She starts off being a little bit more brash with him, you know, kind of like, this is mine, I've worked for all of this, and I'm basically just using you to get more money. And then I think she genuinely, like, cares for him and sees that, like, you know... I like this switch. Yeah. He's her manic pixie dream girl. Yes. He's mm-hmm. out on the street in a fur coat. He's mm-hmm. like, I fucking lost everything. Mm-hmm. And the cops think I'm a angel dust dealer. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, uh, she gets hired by Beaks to go up and kiss him in front of his girlfriend and pretend to be like. Trying to get another. What, what do you call an angel dust user? A, a duster? Dust hound. Yeah, like. <laughs> She's jonesing for some dust. Yeah. Like uh, a dirt devil, a dust devil. A dust, dust devil. devil. Sure. Let's call them dust Let's devils. Let's go with that. So she's jonesing. So a she's dust like, devil uses dust angel devil. dust. And it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! <We're>, oh, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's yeah. <laughs> but it's like, come on, we are on the steps of the police house, and you're begging me for angel dust to say, and you're gonna like suck me off right mm-hmm. here. And her girlfriend runs If you haven't didn't notice, nobody cared. Nobody <laughs> cared. People are jaded, they don't care. Other people are getting dragged up the steps. You know, maybe don't put 24 steep steps on the way to your police station if you're going to be constantly dragging drunks up them. I think that's intentional. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. you can't get away. <laughs> and torture. So if like, people charge the police station, the police are at a... Advantage. They have the high ground. Yeah. You know, they can defend it. Makes sense. Yeah. With their <laughs> army of artillery they have well, now. <laughs> this is the thing. Oh, These no. are old buildings. Very true. You know. Yeah. Um, and after his girlfriend leaves, Ophelia's like, ha ha ha, that guy Beeks or told me it would be funny. Beeks is using his real fucking name with everybody in this movie. Mm-hmm. And everybody's yeah. shouting it when they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's his real name or not. And we're okay. never going to know because he's in Africa. Yep. Yeah. With a scientific the the scientific experiment. The scientist can't even figure out if he's a real gorilla over there. <laughs> he's just in an enclosure. <laughs> he hasn't eaten in months. <laughs> oh, oh, terrible. Good times. Good times. <laughs> um Ophelia takes him in, she's like, Oh, I thought it was all for a laugh. But he's like, No, that basically was the last straw and ruined my life. And she, she's about to leave him, and you're right, Justin, soft hands save his life. She's like, let me see your hands. <laughs> You've never done work in your life. He's like, I know. Yeah, I'll she looked die at, if you walk away. Yeah, well, he didn't know that, but she knew that, and that's why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they get to her neighborhood, and yeah, there's some like people just standing around a tiny burning barrel outside while it's snowing. That This is depressing. They go up to her tiny place, and she's like, listen, you're going to hustle for me. We're going to get all that five figures is what you're going to get me. Because at first they do go try to go back to his house. They try to go to the bank. They go mm-hmm. all these places, and the Duke brothers have, like, frozen his accounts and paid pretty much paid off everybody. Right. Yeah. And they got Jamie Lee Curtis to kiss him in front of his girlfriend. Right. Um, yeah. But she's, like, the one person who's willing to help him. His girlfriend immediately turns on him and is like, uh, you're gross, you're a heroin dealer. She was about to come back. Yeah. Until Jamie Lee Curtis showed up. True. She was like, yeah. she was about to be like, oh, like you could see the... <laughs> she was softening to him again. <laughs> she was thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he, he tries to go back to the country club, which is great. He's wearing the clothes from prison, the big fur coat. <laughs> this <laughs> musical they put on, where they include all the women's name at the table... Oh my lord! That was weird. This is some Harvard shit. Apparently, that's a really big part of Ivy League schools: is singing, singing, and rowing, and doing really weird, gross fraternity shit. <laughs> old, old. What if you can't sing? What if you're really pitch deaf? I guess you can get a surgery if you're rich enough. Yeah. Sure. Like a vocal cords, they'll put some gold in there or Didn't something. Did you hear that one guy singing it? Like. Like, super deep. Yeah. Yeah, well, you need, you need the deep, you need the high, you need the whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of like barbershop quartet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Ivy League quartet. Yeah. 
And these girls are just like, yes. And they're all wearing their, like, tennis best, their sweaters. Yeah, this is, like, like, in between tennis matches or something. Let's go get a lemonade and have the boys sing for Mm. us. (laughs) What what time period are we in? First barbershop (laughs) quartet. Do you think they'll sing that dirty song where they put all our names in it, but then it's, like, not really dirty? It's double entendre. Uh, He shows up, and he's like, I will be defending myself, and I'll need a small loan before I do. And they're just like, we don't want to buy your drugs here. <laughs> they sent him away crying. <laughs> Although I feel like a country club is a really good place to sell yeah. drugs. Yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like, the right there would have been like, right kind of wait, drugs. what drugs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could have just told him it was coke. Right? Yeah, and then they'd just have a weird night. The worst game of tennis ever. Uh, could you imagine that headline? It's like PCP Country Club. <laughs> Membership free? No free. It's like that girl who was running for class president recently and made those marijuana brownies and was giving them out for votes. Oh yeah. my god. And awesome. she was telling people. It was totally like She legit. wasn't she wasn't she like wasn't drugging, people. drugging people unknowingly. No. no, that's what a lot of the headlines kind of made it out to be. Yeah. That, yeah. that was just kind of demonizing it. She was giving them away for votes and she knew what she was doing and so yeah. did they. Did she win? <sighs> I think she got disqualified for it. Well, that's stupid. Well, you know, they always take out the green party. Now, the question is, was she doing that for votes, or was she just using the votes as a scheme to sell people drugs? A platform? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, just, I don't feel like anyone's ever really tried that hard to sell me drugs. No. To the point where they would give me free samples in order to entice me to drugs. I never had that experience. It was me seeking them. Whatever out happened in the world? to that, like, old adage? First taste is free. Second will cost you. I, guess, I definitely like, didn't pay for the first time I smoked weed. It was other people, and they're like, no, "Oh, here you go." That's a communal thing. Yeah. yeah. That's not like I. I assume buying cocaine your first time. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, very that, you try, that's a communal very party drug, it depending is a on the decade. Kind of thing, depending on the people you're with, and then if you decide that you really like it, then you can buy it. Isn't that true with anything though? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really like. No, you're right. No one's ever come up and been like, try this. Right? It's You'll been want like, more. It's more like me saying, hey, what are you up to? What are you guys doing in there? <laughs> you, you like to party? Yeah, let's go. I can't say... Well, I've had people try to sell me and buy drugs off me, just off the street. Yeah. It's happened yeah, quite I've a bit. Yeah, I've literally never had that experience and actually drove... A very long distance once to try to buy pot at a um, bike rally in Myrtle Beach. Ooh. Because we were running there out of pot, pot on there. our way back. We didn't find any. It Whoa. was very disappointing. And we were driving back from South Carolina. And we're like, ooh, we were running out of pot. Let's go to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> it's bike week. Yeah. And yeah, no, we had a really hard time. Like, we were like in all like the t-shirt shops and all like the little tourist areas asking all like the teenagers oh, yeah. and stuff like, hey. You know, you know all the tricks, right? Yeah. Nothing. Wow. Nothing. I was so disappointed in those bikers. <laughs> Surprisingly, the one place I've gone where it seemed like that was L.A. Yeah? Yep. Dry. <laughs> but it wasn't during the drought. Hmm. <laughs> it is. Well, now it's different. Uh, it's real easy for Dan Aykroyd to get a shitload of drugs for right? cheap. Because he goes into a pawn shop takes his, like, this isn't even a Rolex. It's like a $6,000 watch. specialty Rolex that only rich people know about. It's 6995 It's like $7,000. 8000 with tax. Who knows? And he, the guy's like, this is 50 bucks. so hot. $50. He takes it, and he buys baggies on baggies and mm-hmm. joints of all these different and a gun. things. And a, gun. and a gun. And a gun. We don't know if it was loaded. It did. Oh, it had. A, he tried to kill himself. One of those backup bullets. Yeah. He pulled the trigger and it clicked, and then he threw it and it shot. That's right. He blew up the payphone. Um, but he tries to frame Valentine at the holiday party. He goes there. It's <laughs> Christmas Eve, 
as Santa. Dirty this is Santa. one of my favorite scenes. The original Dirty Santa. This beard and this suit and those boots. Ooh. It's all bad. So dirty. So bad. <laughs> it's all so bad. dirty. And it's the richest holiday party you've ever seen. He goes in there and he's at the buffet line. This is great. He's just taking different salted meats and stuffing them in his Santa suits. <laughs> getting his beard all greasy. <laughs> the salmon. The salmon was beautiful. The ham, everything, uh, mm-hmm. just stuffing it. And then whenever he was eating the salmon out of his later on the bus, on and it's the just bus, getting tangled in his beard. beard. Oh. <laughs> that must have been oh. fun. <laughs> he goes there. He plants all these drugs in Valentine's desk, which was a week ago his desk. He has lost it, and quickly. He's so lucky he like got taken in for free. Yeah, because it would have been so much worse. And he. Their bet is pretty much right. Like, he resorted to thievery and, like, be, uh, he bought a gun right away. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then, behavior. like, as he's being carted away, they're, like, trying to make excuses for him towards Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy's like, no, no, you can't be you can't be soft on these people, or they'll take advantage. As soon as he has money, he's a conservative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they storm into his old office, and he's like, look, I caught him. I'm making a citizen's arrest. He's got so many drugs here in the drawer. It's like, you thought that would work? How I mean, many like a roast beef is falling out of his <laughs> right? Santa jacket on. He's just downing pills on the way over here. <laughs> pills and jacket, looks like. Uh, he must smell awful. Oh, yeah. yeah. They chase him. Here's that second chase scene through the same building. He gets away, though, and goes down this staircase... Just chugging a giant square bottle of some hard liquor. It's like, wow, you're not going to make it out of that building. But he does. He makes it on the train. Eats the beard salmon. Yeah, but this is after Eddie Murphy figures out what's going on because he hears him in the bathroom. Yeah. He takes one of these joints, goes to the bathroom, and sneakily tries to smoke it. <laughs> and he overhears the Duke brothers, and he knows it's all for a dollar. So he, uh, he goes to find... Uh, Winthrop and follows him to Ophelia's house. Mm-hmm. And this is when it starts to get really good, I think. They start to plot and plan. They go back because uh, Dan Aykroyd tries to commit suicide. He's just got over a terrible fever. And now he's drank a ton, eaten a bunch of rich meat, and taken <laughs> who knows how many of these little orange pills on the ground. <laughs> and all that PCP. <laughs> <laughs> Passed out in this claw-footed tub. And they take him back to his house, um, where Valentine's staying now, and they all start to hatch a plan to get back at the Duke brothers. Sort of Ocean's Eleven at this point. Yeah. Sure. Cause yeah, a little, little deep throat, a little Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. Parking yeah. garage meetup. Yep. Uh, Dan Aykroyd is like, well, my tiny little civilian gun, plebe gun didn't work, let me get my rich guy guns. Mm-hmm. And he pulls like... At His first, plan he's just is still to just one, shoot like, them. Five foot gun, and he's cleaning it. And then, uh, Winthor, or no, Colvin. Colvin, his butler, comes in with like an armful of other rich guy guns. I will so shoot them. Hunting rifle. I will shoot like. them once each with these guns. <laughs> and then his vest has like fifty rounds of shotgun shells. He's wearing an ammo belt, and it's like. Eddie Murphy's like, bro, you can't go to the stock exchange again tonight with a gun. Right. (laughs) Or several and hunt these guys for sport. You have to go to, like, a tropical island to do that. And then he's like... They told me about it. I've worked there three days. They invited me. We were going to go this weekend. You ruined it. (laughs) Uh, What were you saying? Oh, Eddie Murphy uh, comes up with the plan to intercept the frozen orange juice report for the coming year. He realized that they're, like, messing with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're going to get it early so they can manipulate the market. Yeah. And I know you uh, you, you buy low and sell high. Uh-huh. That's what they plan on doing, I think. Yep. Okay. So. Because they have insider knowledge. Oh, that's illegal. It is. <laughs> insider trading. Yeah. It's bad. They're operating on the, under the assumption that the... Harvest is going to be bad, and therefore orange juice is going to be more expensive in the coming year. Because it was a cold winter. Because it was a cold winter, and frost and all that stuff in Mm -hmm. the southern states can ruin a crop. Okay. So, supply and demand 
the less orange juice you have, the more you can charge for it, right? Makes sense. It's a commodity people still want. Yeah, especially in the eighties, we had that. Uh, we drank a lot of sugar. Concentrated. Yeah. Jelly orange juice in the mm-hmm. freezer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we drank a lot of sugar in the 80s. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, so that's the whole plan is that they think the price is going to end up being higher than what they're buying it at. Um, they're driving the price up. Um, cornering the market. They're cornering the they market. Say. They're driving it down they're, first. They're driving it down first. And Drive then it down, buy it. All these people are like trying to jump on board and they're like, oh, the Duke brothers know something, so let's do what they're doing. Um, which really isn't a great strategy if you want to be the only one you it's know suspicious yeah so and then um winthorpe and valentine get in there and they start fucking with them and get the price price goes up 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 and then it drops crazy oh and they're they on the stock exchange money. floor just waving these little tickets around buying and selling yeah because the report gets shown and they say and then, how much they lose yeah and it's they like, lose 394 million dollars oh and in 80s money in 80s money that's like more that's than like jeff bezos dollars. has today yeah it's, it's crazy it's all of them. 57 billion that's it's all the crazy. money yeah that's more than most countries had in the 80s and uh, he's like, you have to pay your debt by the end of the day. Yep. Ooh. Yeah, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're seizing all of your... We're selling your seats. Everything. Mm-hmm. We're all selling your, all of your personal belongings, all of it's gone. Yep. And then the, his, the older one has, like, a heart attack. And they're like, we need to get your brother safety. And he's like, fuck him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you said they show back up in another movie. They do. They do. Um, anyone who has seen Eddie Murphy's masterpiece, Coming to America... Oh, yeah. Yep. They are the two homeless men on the street who he gives money to. <laughs> That's an interesting connection. That's wonderful. So, keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> and they're and it's them two together? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they refer awesome. to each other by name, and you're like, yes! That's so it's good. Them. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. I'll have to go back and look at it. Yeah, it's fun. Nice. Uh, we get a happy ending. We go to the tropics, and uh, Eddie Murphy, Valentine... He's got a girl by his side. He's got a big old pina colada mm-hmm. on the lounge chair. Coleman's got a girl. Coleman is and dressed a in a goddamn seven-piece suit on the beach. <laughs> what is a very fancy formal guy. What is with British men wearing white suits in the Caribbean? It is 103. It's their, it's their colonizer uniform. I know, but they, how do you do it without dying? Them. Well, no, you wear white when it's sunny out. So that, like... Still so many layers. Yeah, it's a I lot know. of layers. <laughs> I bet it's, like, light. Eddie Murphy's and... got, like, a loose shirt and a banana hammock on it. Yeah, it. he's got, like, a sweater, though. It's a sweater and shorts. Dan Aykroyd's also wearing a sweater. Yeah, maybe it's the winter in the Caribbean, because it's, like... Could have been cold. January, when they... Okay. When they intercept all the The girls money. are all wearing bikinis. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes. They're much more confident with their bodies. True. Sure. Okay. We'll go with that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Uh, they're having cl- crab and lobster. Yes. And why not? Why, why not both? Yeah. yeah. Why not both? Because uh, they are the richest butlers in all the world now. Yeah. So, would you recommend it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a good one. Obviously, you'd recommend it? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a few parts in it that you're just kind of, like, really cringe at. Yes. Yeah, they don't hold up, but that's... But it doesn't ruin the whole thing. No, it's a, it's a piece of the 80s, and it's good to go and see what we were like then. I mean, it's it's, it's not comfortable sometimes. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I don't know, you know, it's not my place to say it, but it doesn't seem like they were going to, like, trying to be offensive. Yeah. It was just the comedy of the time. It just seems like that was very... That's the kind of jokes that were made. I mean, Eddie Murphy's early career as a stand-up comedian Oh, you, you got to skip the whole first track of that. You know Eddie what I mean? Murphy, like, comedy album. So <laughs> it's kind of like, okay, knowing him as a comedian at that time, is this so far out of line? And no, it's fairly mild oh, compared yeah. to his actual comedy. So they're not really going for shock value. They're just, it's just some bad steps, some missteps. Yeah. You know, blackface and cultural stereotypes. I forgot about that. When they're okay. Yeah. When they're on the party train, 
We kind of skipped over some stuff because we talked about it earlier with the gorilla. But, okay, it's New Year's Eve. There's 150 goddamn people in costumes because it's a a party. Costume party. They come in in various costumes trying to trick Beaks into, like, switching out his briefcase to get the report. Yeah. Why didn't they just dress up in costumes? Why didn't they just dress in costumes and pretend to be normal people? Because he's met most of them. They could have put on masks. They could have just sent the butler. Yeah. But instead they go and the butler pretends to be an, a drunk Irish preacher. Mm-hmm. Um, Ophelia pretends to be yeah, a I Swedish meatball. Yeah. <laughs> In like Austrian Lederhosen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, totally. Not even correct yeah. attire. Um, Eddie Murphy, Murphy is, is like... A dude from Africa. Yeah, yeah. and then... Dan Aykroyd's... <sighs> Dan Aykroyd's a dude from Jamaica. A, he's black-facing it up. Yeah. And I would like to think that this is Eddie Murphy kind of daring him to do this. Sort of a Ted Danson, uh, Whoopi Goldberg moment. Where you're just like, ugh, ooh, ah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you doing? He lights up doing? a joint that's like a foot yeah, long in this train monster. car. Uh... This guy sees right through it, Beaks. He knows it's a sham. He knows all of them are lying to him. He's a trained assassin that makes millions every year for these brothers. He's been around the world. Or at least thousands. Yeah. Fifties of thousands. Fifties of thousands. He made, he made 60 grand in like the Two days that we saw these Yeah, people. that's why I'm saying millions. He like, made a lot. He makes a lot of He's, money. But they don't want to use him a lot, because they do, like, the Duke and Duke make a reference earlier on where they're like, oh, should we use... I'm worried about using Beaks so uh, two times in a row so quickly. Oh, yeah. I missed that. And they're like, yeah. oh, don't worry about it. You worry too much. Well, and I think it also <laughs> is that they don't want their two stories to overlap, right? Because there's yeah. two things going on. It's their bet with the experiment with the guys... And there's also this frozen orange juice plot, right, which has right? real consequences, which has serious financial consequences for them. So they're fucking around over here, and they don't necessarily want this guy to be involved in both in case there's some like what happens crossover. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I get the fear that they don't necessarily want him involved in all of their plots at once. Makes sense, right? Uh, I would also recommend it. Good movie. All around, happy ending. Uh, they do use insider trading to their knowledge at the end mm-hmm. to capitalize on the they market. They do, absolutely. So they're kind of still hypocrisy using the same mm-hmm. tricks as the old yes. guys were. Don't yes. you know that's how it works? And they're not really <laughs> spreading around the wealth, it doesn't seem like. They're exclusively they're using on, it on their own they're, vacation. They're on an island. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> <laughs> they're left. So maybe they're not the heroes. Maybe they're just the person this story was about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think we knew he wasn't the hero whenever he grabbed that lady right. and called her a bitch in the first time we saw her. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> the moment he was on screen, yeah. <laughs> the only really, like, lovable character is Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. And Coleman. I liked Coleman. I like Coleman. Yeah. I think the dynamic with the servant was... Coleman's grounded. He's... I didn't like him at first because I was like... Well, I mean, at first I didn't like dislike him because he flipped so easy on his boss because I was like Dan Aykroyd probably treated him like shit his entire life yeah, so yeah whatever yeah <laughs> I mean just the way he talked to him like the one day we saw them together mm-hmm. that dinner yeah, date no. he's having at home the dinner date where he's making him like crepe Suzette and he's just like you eat them Coleman mm-hmm. we're taking our drinks and he in the didn't living though room. why did he throw it away maybe he had like glucose problems I don't maybe. know yeah, maybe he's he old like it yeah <laughs> And then Dan Aykroyd went off to have really boring vanilla sex with his boring vanilla Oh, lady. yeah, they gotta have the worst <laughs> sex that of all. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about <laughs> trade reports and Oh. Uh, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, no, that was... And, you know, Coleman put up with it and, you know, sort of got treated like shit. And then, you know, I feel like he felt the respect from Valentine. What was it? Valentine said goodnight to him one night? Yeah. And it like seemed to he, blow him away. He acknowledged his humanity because mm-hmm. they're sort of socially at similar levels. You know, one guy gets to still live in the nice house and wear the nice clothes and eat the good food and sort of be surrounded by luxury, even though none of it's his. Whereas Valentine had none of that. So I feel like they were sort of 
not kindred spirits, but they, I think they sort of related to each other in a better way. Mm-hmm. You know. Good point. Yeah. Uh, and Dan Aykroyd takes a long time. I was gonna say I was gonna say like maybe got better, but I don't know that he did. Like I don't really know if he like really actually. He had some eye-opening experiences that we can hope like lead. But to I, his I, don't, I don't yeah. think it's did he going learn a to. Lesson? I don't Probably think not. when he was in jail so. that one night, he was like, "If that was any indication of how <laughs> it's in there, we should just close all our prisons. It's it's worse." <laughs> it's like. Yeah. 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 Hey, maybe we should put all these rich guys in jail for one. (laughs) The ones who profit off of for-profit prisons. Yeah. (laughs) Make make uh, Congress live off of minimum wage. Yeah, that that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, That's why this movie is so fun. It's it it almost feels like justification. Yeah. You get the rich guys slammed down to the very bottom. The poor guys are risen up to the top. It's a prince and the pauper kind of situation. It's yeah, except one of the rich guys that, I mean, one of the poor guys was rich for all but a few days of his life. Right. So his story is not terribly redeeming. No. No. You know what I mean? You're kind of like, yeah, you were poor for a couple of days. Like, great. That's what I'm saying. You feel <laughs> most for Jamie Lee Curtis because she's yeah. like, I've hustled my ass off I've literally in the most dangerous work in the most dangerous mm-hmm. city yeah and I've saved over fifty four thousand yep. dollars doing this which good on you yeah right. that is a lot of 1980s and, uh, money yeah like, and now she's, she's living it up on an island too yeah so she can also become an awful person and she got there by being <laughs> kind to another human being I know. and taking somebody in who was in need and like you know she did good things yeah you know to get there yep for sure for sure. You know? This has been Have You Seen with our special guest, Crush. Hey. Yeah. It was great having you. You yeah, can check us out me. on FapCheck at uh, Yahoo. FapCheck at AOL. FapCheck mm-hmm. at GeoCit. No. We're on uh, <laughs> YouTube.com, Facebook. You can find us pretty much anywhere. Our podcasts are on the iTunes podcast store. This and our other one, Amazeballs, are up mm-hmm. right now where we touch on different TV anthology series. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Having that uh, that uh, Prime account with Shudder, mm-hmm. that opens up a lot of new anthology those, series that yeah, I didn't know it existed. it really does. I did not know that uh, that one with uh, uh, Jonathan... Oh, Beyond Belief? Factor yeah, Beyond Fiction? Be- Beyond Belief Factor Fiction was on there. That's cool. That's a fun one. We found one with Raul Dahl. He uh, introduces the story, and that first story is Quentin Tarantino's part in Four Rooms to a T. You're like, whoa, Tarantino saw this in the 80s and made a movie. <laughs> There's some other ones on there that haven't held up so well. Steve Coogan's one from 2001, Dr. Terrible's House of Horrible. Ooh, that, ah, uh, nope, not going to touch on that. That's a, that. That's a different podcast for a different time. <laughs> We should make a podcast just called The Problems of the Past and Bitch About Media in 2020 Hindsight Vision. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what <laughs> we podcast? Welcome anyway. to our new podcast, Problems of the Past. No. <laughs> uh, I'm Austin. I'm Josh. I'm Justin. I'm Crush. And we'll see you next time on Have You Seen. Bye. Bye.